This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Kirkowski, and while there is a lot of hope for the 2023 season for the Packers and being able to see our young players get opportunities to show off, uh, I'm super excited for a big marker for the Packers' success in 2023 is actually how the Jets perform overall. And most people are like, why does that matter? Like, why are we still talking about the Jets? Why are we talking about Aaron Rodgers? Well, in the Aaron Rodgers trade, as long as Rodgers plays a majority of the season, that means the Packers will receive the Jets' first-round pick. Now, that first-round pick, many suspect, will be a pick in the 20s because most people assume the Jets will uh, be able to get to the playoffs. But how likely is it that they really can do that? Do that? Let's talk about why. How good is this overall team for the Jets? And personnel-wise, the Jets have added a ton of talent, but how good are these players that, they're, they, that they have added? Starting with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is now 39 years old. I think he still has it in him. I think Aaron Rodgers can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL this season. Uh, and really, it comes down to the question, do you believe last season Aaron Rodgers played poorly because of age, because of... Uh, Poor mental processing as he got older, uh, because he lost his arm, because he lost mobility, or do you believe it was because of injuries and the people around him? So, because when you look at this Jets team that is currently built around him, it kind of starts on the offensive line. The Jets had the 30th ranked pass blocking offensive line last season now, uh, and so that is concerning at first glance, but now though, they should have three solid to above average starters on their interior of their offense line. From left guard to right guard, it goes Elijah Vera Tucker, Connor McGovern, and Lincoln Tomlinson. Those are quality average to above average starters most seasons. Okay. They also had second round rookie uh, out of Wisconsin, Joe Titman, who is also probably going to be the starter at center, which allows Connor McGovern to be that versatile interior offense lineman who can start at center, left guard, right guard. So they have depth on the interior. The issue for the Jets is at the offensive tackle position. Dwayne Brown is turning 38 years old prior to the start of the regular season. And even if you take just his good part of the 2022 season, he had a 58.3 overall PFF grade, which is concerning at left tackle. His main backup is Makai Becton, who basically has not played a snap since the 2020 season. So concern at left tackle. And then you move over to the right tackle and you're looking at a combination of Max Mitchell, who had a 55.5 overall PFF grade last season as a rookie. He's going into his second year. There's hope he will improve, but how much that's unknown. And then Billy Turner, who, uh, is a longtime Packer, came over to play. He'll probably compete to start at right tackle, be a backup into your offensive lineman as well. 
his PFF grade was in the 50s last season. So these offensive tackle spots are concerning and could be an issue for this offense. And Rodgers' uh, overall comfortability as he doesn't have the mobility he once had. If you look at games where the Packers were without their preferred starting offensive tackles in the past, those are some of Rodgers' worst games because of the pressure and the lack of trust he had when he would drop back in the pocket. We've seen top QBs, top passing offenses struggle over time when dealing with a low-quality offensive line in the big moments. I've seen it with Rodgers. I've seen it with Tom Brady last season. And I've seen it with Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl he lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this offensive line on the interior should be fine, but on the edges, it's it's a concern and it's a question mark. And that could be a big difference to how good this year goes. Are those offensive tackles average or are they below average to bad? Because if that's the problem, uh, this offensive line will be an issue for the Jets and how efficient their offense is overall. When it comes to offensive weapons, though, for Rodgers, Rodgers should have more than what he had this last season in Green Bay. Now, in New York, he will have a true number one wide receiver to pair up with the likes of guys like Al Nazard, Corey Davis, uh, there's a Randall Cobb, and I believe there's one more guy over there that uh, Denzel Mims is another guy over there that they like. So they should have plenty of weapons for Ian Rodgers. Rodgers in the past has performed extremely well when he has, most importantly though, that true number one wide receiver. Garrett Wilson as a rookie, I think had an 85.7 overall PFF grade last year. Really, really good as a rookie. And that's a, and you're expecting him to have an even better second year with an actual quarterback back there. And Rodgers, when he's had that number one wide receiver, 2018 and 2021, in the latter half of his career, Devontae Adams was an elite wide receiver. All of those seasons, Aaron Rodgers was a top five quarterback in the NFL, according to PFF. But when you look at the second half of Rodgers' career, in years like 2015, when Jordy was hurt, 2017, when Jordy was not himself and Adams was not yet an elite wide receiver, and then in 2022, after Adams left and Alan Lazard was his best option, all of those seasons, Rodgers did not have an overall PFF grade above even 76. So in the latter half, Rodgers' career. He has been partially dependent on the, his group of wide receivers, on his weapons around him. And so if Garrett Wilson can continue to be the player he was last year, he should do wonders for Rodgers. But if anything were to happen to Garrett Wilson, we could see a similar Rodgers to the ones we've seen in 2015, 2017, and 2022. Defensively, though, this might be the best defense Rodgers has played with, honestly, ever. Okay, the Jets had the third ranked defense in the NFL last season, according to DVOA. Rodgers has had a top 11 defense once, once in his career, his entire career. You can probably guess what happened that season. It was 2010 and the Packers won the Super Bowl. So if you are blaming Rodgers for not winning enough Super Bowls, one time did Rodgers had a Top 11 defense, okay? And that was in Rodgers won a Super Bowl that year. Okay. So if the Jets can have a defense play similar to the one they had last season, this team should be really, really good. The Jets probably will have average linebacker safety play, but what makes this defense special is the pass rush and the corners. 
This is why you should invest most of your resources in these two areas. The Jets had an elite cornerback in Sauce Gardner, plus two solid starters next to him with DJ Reed and Michael Carter. Then on the defensive line, the Jets have so many pass rushers, John Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson, Bryce Huff, Jermaine Johnson III, and now first-round rookie Will McDonald, who I loved in this draft. And then that's those are just edge rushers. Then you have five, then you have uh, a powerful presence on the interior with Quinn Williams and an elite interior defensive lineman, two above-average starters next to him. Honestly, as I take a look at this team, this Jets team has every reason to be super talented next year. The only reasons is would be is Rod, does Rodgers fall off a cliff? Uh, does he get injured or is he playing hurt? Do these offensive tackles are they not even are they not average? If they're average, they'll be okay. Or does this team see major major injuries to guys like Garrett Wilson, Quinton Williams, or Sauce Gardner? Uh, all of those things could take a huge hit on this team's effectiveness, just like any team. But uh, overall, this t- this team looks really talented going into the next season. So the roster overall is not concerning. It should be a huge plus, and Rodgers, for the first time in a long time, should have a true chance at winning a Super Bowl with the team in New York when it comes to their roster. But there are some things that could keep the Jets from getting there. Coaching is one of those things. The schematics of this offense, it's going to be run by Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is smart, but there is lots of evidence, plenty of evidence over the last few years that his way is not the right way for the most part. Every now and then it leads to magic. But this is a guy who is determined to do things the way he thinks is best. And that is not always backed by research. It's not best backed by analytics. It's backed by his comfortability. And it led to Matt LaFleur in this offense being stifled at times. We just saw also how Nathaniel Hackett got plowed under by a diva of a quarterback in Russell Wilson. And he allowed Russell Wilson to have a huge say on how their offense was run in Denver. And that led to absolute disaster leading to the 28th ranked offense in the NFL in 2022 as Hackett was the head coach for the Broncos. This combination of Rodgers and Hackett trying to lead this together and Rodgers possibly being set in his ways could lead to huge hiccups at times, which could be concerning for the Jets. Then the other big problem is just the AFC in general is a powerhouse of teams who so many are trying to win a Super Bowl and the Jets will have to face up against most of them and two of them are in their own division. The Bills are all in trying to win a Super Bowl this season. They were the third best offense in the NFL last season, eighth best defense, and for the most part, they should be staying about the same this upcoming year. Then the Dolphins were a scary good team last year, even without a talented offensive line and missing Tua for a gunshot good chunk of last season and now they added a top 15 edge rusher and a top five cornerback in Jalen Ramsey and arguably the best defensive coordinator in our generation in Vic Fangio then the Patriots as bad as they seem at first glance they were the number one rated defense in the NFL last season so all those teams they have they have to play twice then they also play the Cowboys Chiefs Chargers Eagles all teams that are arguably some of the best teams in the NFL that makes it eight very difficult games on the schedule five that are mediocre four that are pretty easy there's a real chance that this Jets team could finish the year with a record of 10 and 7 9 and 8 and if that's the case the Jets should make the playoffs but that will be as a wild card team most likely. And if it's a wild card team on the road in the playoffs, that could be difficult for the Jets to get through a crazy tough AFC. You're talking about if they were to get the seven or the six seed, that means they're probably facing up against either the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills in round one. If, and if not, that would they would face one of the, those teams in the divisional round. So going into this, I was 
more hopeful that the Jets wouldn't look as good as they do overall, but it seems like they should be playoff bound, almost a guarantee unless injury luck doesn't go their way or this Hackett Rogers offense doesn't work out. But it does mean that the Packers should be getting an extra first round pick, most likely in the early to mid 20s somewhere. And that's what we should be expecting. So hopefully the Jets don't make the playoffs. Hopefully the Packers don't make the playoffs even and just lose in heartbreaking fashion all season long. I hope the Packers just lose like 31 to 30, 31 to 28, 35 to 28, 42 to 38 all season long and just ton of offensive points and super fun to watch. Uh, but is there anything else the Packers can do to try to think about the future, try to get the best picks they can in 2024? And one thing they could consider doing is not only trading major players away, but trading major players away to AFC teams prior to the start of the regular season, and most importantly, to teams in the AFC East, okay? There are lots of players the Packers should consider getting rid of, and why should we consider getting rid of them, okay? And a lot of people will say, well, you want to have a good team around Jordan Love so that we can he can fully develop and we can see if he's really the guy. Totally understand. I get that. But you have to look at where your roster is currently at. I think our roster is being underrated by most of the NFL. Okay, most people think the Packers are just terrible. They are not terrible. I think they have a I think they have an above average roster right now. And that's and honestly I think it maybe could say more. And so they have an above average roster. This team could make the playoffs. They could. It would be a long shot, but they could. Could they get to an NFC Championship game? No, probably not. Probably not. Okay? Let's be honest. Let's look at this team and say, no, we can't even probably get to an NFC Championship game. You have to be realistic. And that is realistic. Could they make the playoffs? Yes. Could they make an NFC Championship game? Probably not. Now, then you look at, well, you know, if we trade these guys away, they could have been helpful to our team in 2024. Possibly, possibly, but if you actually look at the finances of the whole thing, if you actually look at the finances of the whole thing, you have to realize this team, Packers team, is going to be a lot better in 2024. You're going to hope for the development of so many young players, but will they be good enough to win it yet to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. There's going to be lots of holes on this roster. After the season, the Packers are going to need the field. And the Packers' only option to fill those holes will be through the draft. Because if you look at the 2024 projected salary caps, the Packers have one of the lower amounts in the NFL, having the fourth least amount of cap space in the NFC. So the Packers will have almost zero money to spend in free agency or resign their own players even. So realistically, this Packers team is not competing for a Super Bowl in 2023 roster-wise, like we just talked about. In 2024, we aren't competing financially. We should be building a team that is ready for 2025. And honestly, that means 2023 does not matter at all. 2024 does not matter. Obviously, you have to start adding those teams so they're ready to be uh, uh, start adding those players so they're ready for 2025. But you're not competing this year. There's no point of competing this year. It's 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 a waste of resources. Winning is awesome. Winning is, is important. You will do everything you can to win, but you can do anything you want to 
Get rid of players who are not a part of your future plans. And we have a lot of players who are not a part of our future plans. When you look at, hey, let's say the Packers have a roster in 2025. Who is going to be on this roster? Okay. And you have to look at that and say, oh, these guys will not be on our roster. So there's no real point of having them on our roster today. Okay. And so they won't be on our team in two seasons. You should be trading them away. And a lot of those players you can look at on the offensive line. Okay. There's some major players all over the place. There's guys like Darnell Savage, but we can't trade him because the Packers restructured him. So there's no point of trading him. But guys like Roswell Douglas, AJ Dillon, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbells are all players who will not be part of this roster in 2025, or at least they shouldn't be. That does not mean... I don't think they're good players anymore. I think some of those guys are really good players. Ross Hull, I think. AJ Dillon, I think. I think Kenny Clark in the right system with the right people around him could be really, really good. I think Devonta Campbell can be really good. But will they be on this team in 2025? Or should they be on based off their cap hit and where they're projected to be continuing to play at that level uh, when they're 30, when they're 32, when they're 33? Okay. So you have to think about these things. And a lot of the players who I think you should consider trading away are on the offensive line. I believe the future of our starting offensive line in 2025 will have Elton Jenkins on it and it will have Zach Tom on it. That's the only guarantees, if you ask me. Guys like Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Josh Nyman, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, all these guys I don't think should be on our roster after the next one to two seasons based on their performance thus far. That leaves David Bakhtiari, but betting on Bakhtiari being healthy with a knee that gets bothered simply by playing on turf rather than grass is not something I'm wanting to continue to invest in. So this year is a rebuild in a way to me, at least I think the next two years are. And so if the preseason is coming to a close and there are teams that have lost big name players on their offensive line and are, I, as the Packers general manager, am looking to trade away any player not named Elkin Jenkins or Zach Tom, especially to a team like the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Bills, teams in Aaron Rodgers' division. All of those teams that I just mentioned have question marks on their offensive line already. Even if those teams aren't asking, that's okay. Trade any of those guys away um, to any AFC team because that makes our team a tiny bit worse. It makes the Jets have a tiny harder bit harder schedule and we want to get some of these guys off our books for the future so we can invest in guys who can help us win starting in 2025 and beyond. So if a team like the Chiefs or Bengals loses one of their starting offensive tackles, trade them, Yash Nyman, for a third rounder. If a team that believes they will have plenty of cap space moving forward, like the Jags, wants to give you a second round pick for Bakhtiari, do it immediately. Teams like the Patriots or the Titans might surprisingly find themselves in contention and they can afford to take on Bakhtiari's contract, trade them David Bakhtiari for a second round pick. That is a amazing trade at this point. Okay. I would have said that three years ago, but I will today. So you have the opportunity to do that. You do that in a heartbeat. Even if it's an NFC team, I don't care. I don't care. This guy cannot play on grass and until, or this guy cannot play on turf and until there is grass everywhere in the NFL, this guy misses literally eight games a year, 10 games a year. So then, and then there's other guys. Uh, they're guys on rookie contracts, but hey, if someone is pumped 
and wants to take John Runyon Jr. out of your hands, a quality starting, solid, above average, starting off right guard. Sure. I don't care. Like that makes the Packers a tiny bit worse. He's going to not even be on the team next year. And you get to see someone else. You get to see, hey, does Royce Newman develop in year three? Does Sean Ryan develop in year two? Is there someone else who an undrafted free agent that sticks out and is like, oh my gosh, we got to get him on the field. Okay. Those are things I want to know. Same with Josh Simon. He will not be on this team next year. The Packers do not have the money to afford him, at least, I don't think. And Zach Tom should be is better than Josh Simon already at right tackle or left tackle. And same with Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari, Zach Tom has shown he can be, he's better at left tackle than right tackle. But if Bakhtiari is on the team, he literally, Zach Tom will not play left tackle. He will play right tackle and he'll be forced to learn a position he's not as good at when he could be excelling on the left side. Guys, the Packers preach versatility. And I get that. That's important. But there is something to say about giving a guy a position and letting him stick to it and just learn the freaking position. And the Packers never do that. And these guys struggle to develop because their bodies cannot get used to moving in one way. Let them learn that. And Zach Tom should be a left tackle. That's it. Elton Jenkins should be, honestly, should be, probably should be a left tackle or a left guard and nothing else. Don't make them play center. Don't make them play right guard or right tackle randomly. Okay. So if a team is wanting to have one of these offensive line, wants to have Russell, AJ Dillon, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell. Okay. If you're the Packers and a team comes calling for help, they're one guy away. They think they can win the Super Bowl if they get this guy. Okay. You trade those guys away because right now in 2024, you don't have the money to win a Super Bowl. You don't financially have the money to win a Super Bowl. You can't fill the holes that you have on your team unless you're perfect through the draft. And if that's the case, you might as well. If you actually want to win a Super Bowl, you should get more draft picks to try to get more lucky to try to fill these holes. Okay. The Packers right now are the third youngest team in the NFL in 2024 based off their current roster. They should be the youngest by trading away these major players and be set to be the team of the future in the NFC. The NFC is a hogwash of teams right now. It is not a good NFC. And so if you can be the team of the future by having the youngest and most up-and-coming roster, that could be a game-changer. And the Packers need to be ready for 2025 in by being committed to being ready for 2025 to win a Super Bowl, they can take advantage of training away players right now to help them build their team in 2024 for 2025. And they can even trade those players to AFC specific teams that could help us get even a better draft pick. If that means a team beats the jets by one point because of they have a quality starting left tackle that they would not have had prior to that trade. So the Packers need to consider all options, but, uh, and hopefully they can get the best draft picks they can to be ready for 2025. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks guys.